Well, good morning, everyone. Glad you came out today. You know, today is not a day of mourning. The cross is finished. Today is a day of celebration. Matter of fact, every day is a day of celebration because Jesus has already risen from the dead. And all that believe one day, though they die, they will live again. And so that's the great hope that we celebrate on such a great day as today. And so we're all excited about this, uh, about what Jesus has done for us. And we just appreciate all you coming out. All of our guests, we are just so honored to have you here. It's just a blessing for us, for people to come by and be a guest in our house. And so we're going to finish this series today. It's been a wonderful, wonderful time and such a fitting place to, to end at the cross. And uh, I know today is Resurrection Sunday, and we're celebrating that, but for some, there's still time that we have to go through the cross. And you know that today people think about themselves all sorts of different things. So I wanted to start off today by just uh, having you interact with me. How many of you would do that? You interact with me? Come on. Now look, we plan all this, so you want to you go ahead and help us out, all right? All right, okay, so everybody loosen up, loosen up, everything's okay. But when we talk about uh, how good of a person you are, uh, and what, what I want to, I just want to use the scale of, of, of zero to 100, uh, just to kind of give you an idea where we are, uh, 95 would be like a Billy Graham, a, a Mother Teresa, you, you know what I'm talking about? And, and, and then, you know, maybe a, a one, two, or three would be like an axe murderer, you know, a Hitler. You got, you got that so down low, you know, is not where you really want to go. But, you, you, you know, you want to. So you're thinking right now of what uh, number you are. I want you to start thinking of your number. I'm going to give you time because I know some of you, you, you know, you get real nervous about this. But I want you to think about your number right now. And, and then when I give the go, I'm going to ask you to uh, tell somebody your number. Now, you got your number? Come on, get your number now. Now, come on, come on, come on. Work this thing out now. You got your number? Zero would one, you know, Hitler, come on now. Uh, you know, 95, Billy Graham, come on, come on. Now, now you ready? You, you, about, you about got your number? Everybody got your number? Now, what I'm asking you to do, I'm asking you to tell somebody your number, all right? All right, now, don't, don't matter if you know them or not. Matter of fact, you might be good if you don't know them because the people that know you already know your number. All right, so you ready for this right now? Ready? One, two, three, go. Tell them your number. Come on, come on. Tell them, tell them, tell them. Somebody's got to know your number. At least one person's got to know your number. All right. All right. Okay, now you got your number, right? You got your number? So, so now, come on, we, we're going to keep interacting here. We're going to keep interacting. You got to work with me here. Now, I want to look, I want you to raise your hands. All of you who, who had a number of 1 to 30, uh, go ahead and raise your hand. If you're 1 to 30, just go ahead and raise your hand. 1 to 30. All right, ushers, ushers, will you come and get these bad people out of here right now? No, not really, not really. We don't want to get you out of here right now. Not, not really, okay. All right, all right how about, how about uh, people? You know, 30 to 50, raise your hand. 30 to 50, 30 to 50, well, you're not so bad. You know, one good thing about you 30 to 50 is that the other 50% of the people are standing on top of you and they feel better about themselves, okay? All right, 30 to 50, all right. How about this, how about this right now? You ready, you ready? Okay, you ready? How about 50 to 80? 50 to 80, oh, look at you good persons. My, my, my. You are like the best people in the whole world. Come on, 
Now, come on, come on. Now, now, how about 80 and up? 80 and up, come on, raise your hand, 80 and up. You make me so sick, you're so good. (laughs) You know, it's interesting, isn't it? It's really, really interesting when we, when we start putting numbers to ourselves, when we start comparing ourselves to, to, to one another. Because, because there's really two things that happen when you start comparing yourself to others. Uh, first of all, you, you feel better about yourself. You know, if, you, if you're sitting by a person who you think are not as good as you, in other words, if you, if you are a, a, a 50 and you're sitting by a 20, you say, well, you know, I'm not so bad. I feel good about myself. I feel like, hey, I'm not so bad. I'm all right, you know. The, the other thing that takes place is that, you, you know, you might feel worse about yourself. You know, if you're sitting next to, to that person, you know, you know, you ever met people like a super mom and everything they do, I mean, they got like four kids and it's 7.30 in the morning and all the kids, the breakfast is already fixed and they're fed and all the kids are dressed up they, and they dressed up perfect every day. Ashpagosh, I mean, they got the whole little thing on a bonnet on their head for Easter Sunday. They didn't have two Easter egg hunts. So you're not out of bed yet. And, and people, you know, you get by those people and say, oh my goodness, you know, they're great. They always have the answer to everything. Their finance is always in order. And oh, let's talk about those Christians, those, those 90% Christians. I mean, they got a Bible verse for everything. Man, when they pray, they like to pray down the heavens and you look at them and you feel so inadequate. You just say, man, I just don't think I can do anything. I don't know what's wrong with me. I, I wish I was like them or... On the other side, I'm glad I'm not like them. I'm wondering, how good of a person are you? Hey, ladies, can I ask you guys a quick, quick question? We're trying to determine on a scale of one to 100, one meaning like the worst person who's ever lived, 100 being perfect. How would you rank your lives? Eight. <laughs> and eight, yeah, what number would you give yourself based on how good you are? I'd give about a 50. Uh, about a 45, something there. What about you? Uh, about 50, yeah, right around there. So how come you're five better than him? Because I'm a girl. <laughs> I'm his better half, you know. But what kind of stuff would kind of drive you down in your mind? You be malicious and do stuff to get back at people. Give me one example, what'd you do? Somebody's tires. I was ready to go do it. And I almost ran over somebody because I was mad at him. Okay, just don't get mad at me, okay? A <laughs> hundred. Absolutely a hundred. I'm gonna go like 88. Yeah. I'm gonna go 75. So are you stay are you staying by a hundred? Are you really? Would you say she's a hundred? Yeah, she's a great girl. So you'd say perfect in every way, you're as good as they get. Wait, one's the worst person? Yeah. Then I'm a 100. You're a 100, perfect okay. in every way. No, I'm an 85. You just dropped 15 points like that. What, what, I, how come? To, I had to consider the fact that I'm a college student, so there's things that I do that make me an 85. Right, so if you're a 100, what would drive you off of 100? Uh, just all got flaws in there. No one's perfect, I don't think. So. Everybody but your buddy, right? Yeah, yeah. she's super sorry. Oh, <laughs> well, it's good to meet you. I've never met 100 my whole life. So. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah, take care, man. Okay, thank yeah. you. Thanks so much. How good of a person are you? We're in the book of Luke, chapter 23, verse 32. And the Bible tells us that two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him, with Christ, to be executed. 
And they came to the place called the skull. They were crucified. Him, Jesus there, along with the criminals, one on his right and they're on his left. Criminals, one on his right, one on his left. Criminals that were crucified in the day of Jesus were considered by society to be the lowest of the lowest. You couldn't get much lower than that. And crucifixion was one of the most cruel punishments. Not only was it cruel, it was humiliating, very, very abusive, very, very painful, and it was also very expensive for the Roman government. I mean, they had to have four soldiers, one centurion, took all day, sometimes uh, into the night people were, were dying on the cross. It was a brutal execution, and Jesus is crucified right in the very center of these two thieves. It goes on in the 39th verse. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself. Save yourself and save us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence? We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him. This was a condemned man. This was a man who could not pay for his sins. He's nailed to a cross as a low criminal. He says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus says to this lowest of the lowest, this worst of the worst, truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. You know, this story right here, it's illustrated in the Bible, that's recorded. What it really does, it illustrates one of the most important truths in life. And at the same time, it corrects one of the greatest myths, one of the greatest misunderstandings in the world, one of the most common misunderstandings in the world today is that good people go to heaven. It's a misunderstanding that good people go to heaven. In reality, good people do not go to heaven. Forgiven people go to heaven. Forgiven people go to heaven. You see, it's a myth that's been carried through centuries that if I'll just be good enough, if I'll just be kind enough, if I'll adjust my behavior just enough, then somehow or another that buys me a place in heaven. Or if I give, or if I do this, or if I'm just lowly, somehow or another that will get me an interest in heaven. But the, the fact of the matter is that good people do not go to heaven. Forgiven people go to heaven. And the forgiven criminal here, two things that, that, that we hear here really pertain to us today. It pertains to you right now in this room. And the first is the criminal admits wrong. They admit wrong. In the 41st verse, he says, we are punished justly for we are getting what our deeds deserve. What he's saying is that we have sinned. We are wrong. 
We admit it. We're outside. We admit sin. So many times people won't admit sin. But sin is an amazing thing. And the consciousness for sin is amazing. I remember as a little boy, down at the end of our road lived Bert Allen. I lived on Bert Allen Lane, a gravel road. And down at the end of there was Bert Allen. His daddy's name was Calvin Allen. His daddy had a little wooden shack not far from his house, right across from the little bayou. And he had died, and so the shack was, was locked up. Well, you know, kids going down a gravel road and a lock cabin, that's just, that's just like a homing device. Why is it locked up? What's in there? And so as we would, we broke into that cabin. And, and we found stuff. I mean, they just left it, just evidently closed it up. So we found some, all kinds of things. One thing we found was several packs of Camel cigarettes. Non-filters, mind you. And we got them out. And I don't remember if we smoked them or not, probably did. But I remember as a young Catholic boy, uh, that well, I would go to communion, I mean, go to confession on, on, on Saturdays. And so when I'd get in the confessional, uh, the priest would say, hey, you know, how's it going? I wish he would say that. And he didn't say anything. He just, whoosh, he opened that little window, man. And I, we would, as, as young Catholic boy, we'd say, bless me, Father, for I have sinned. It's been a week since my last confession. And I stole some cigarettes from Calvin Alvin's cabin. It just came out of me. Because I believe there's a consciousness of sin in all of us. And I believe we have to sear that conscience. And when we do that, we won't admit wrong. We'll just say, well, I don't think it's me. See, we play the comparison game. We, we, we compare ourselves to everybody else when, in fact, we should be comparing ourselves to Jesus because no one can measure up to Jesus. It's an impossibility. So let's prove how good we are. Can I just... Will you interact with him one more time here? Uh, you don't really have to say a whole bunch here, but well, I mean, you might have just raised a hand. How about that? You raise a hand. You ready? How many, of you, uh, how many of you have ever told a lie? Just raise your hand. Have you ever told a lie? Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. What, what, what is, what, if you ever told a lie, what does that make you? Liar. Say it again. It makes you a liar. How about, how about this? Uh, have, uh, mm, let's see. Where are we going to go here? Have, have any of you ever stolen anything? I mean, raise your hand, you're stolen. Okay, all right, you stole something. So what does that make you? A thief. It makes you a thief. Now, now don't raise your hand for this, okay? Don't, don't raise your hand for this. Don't raise your hand for this, all right? Uh, I tell you what, just, just raise your eyebrows for this one, okay? Look straight ahead, raise your eyebrows. How many of you have ever had a lustful thought? Come on. One guy back there going. All right, here, here we go. How about this? How many of you have ever put something before God? Now, what does that make you? An idolater. Idolatry is putting something before God. Can I back up and ask you about the lustful thought? <laughs> Jesus said, if you look at a woman, the lust upon her, you have done what? You've already committed. Ooh, you are bad people. You understand? When we start looking at it in this context, we realize that they're none good. No, not one. How many of you didn't raise your hand for any of those? Raise your hand. Well, I'm glad to see we don't have any liars in here. It's good for that. The fact is that you're not a good person. 
You're not a good person. James chapter 2, verse 10, the Bible tells us, for the person who keeps all of the laws, like the Ten Commandments, check them off, yes, 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 that keeps all of the laws except one, is as guilty as a person who has broken how many? All of God's laws. All of them. So it doesn't matter if you're 23 or 42 or 71 or 85 or a 99.99. Everybody's wrong before God and no one measures up to Jesus. But you know, when you take van plus Jesus, you get a 100. You understand? That's the equation. Van plus Jesus is a 100. No matter uh, uh, what it is, no matter what it is, you have to admit that you're wrong. Why is it so hard for us to admit that we're wrong? It's pride. But I'm so glad that you admit it. And we got a place here full of thieves, adulterers. Come on, idolaters. You're forgiven. Number two, the second thing is that you must ask for eternal help. You have to admit wrong. You have to ask for eternal help. Both the criminals needed help. Both of them were in the identical same position. And one asked for worldly help. One of them said, Jesus, if you, if you who you say you are, come down off the cross and take us with you, man. In today's vernacular, we say, Lord, would you bless me? I need a new house. I need a better car. I need a better job. Will you make Momo better? There's nothing wrong with those things, but those are all attached to this world. And one of the thieves said, that, that's what I need. I need you to just get us off of this cross so I can go back and do what I've been doing. But the second criminal, he asked for eternal help. In Luke 23, 42, we've read it. We'll read it again. He said this to Jesus. He said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Isn't that amazing that a man crucified would recognize Jesus and say, I realize that you are the king. And when you come into your kingdom, just remember me, Jesus. I'm not sure what all that means, but just remember me. Don't, don't, there's no hope here. And I'm getting what I deserved. And then Jesus turned and said, today, today, you will be with me. In paradise. In paradise. Both criminals were guilty. Both criminals were equally as near to Jesus. Both saw and heard what had happened on those fateful hours. They, they were right there. Both were severely suffering. Both were. Both were dying and needed forgiveness. And one recognized his need and one did not. One was forgiven and the other wasn't. And in this room today, it's like we've got sets of criminals What's amazing in this service and in every service, people hear the same words. They feel the same atmosphere. It's the same Father, the same Son, and the same Holy Spirit, and the same Word of God comes, and one person receives it, and it's transformed, and it's changed, and the other person rejects it, basically taking Easter Sunday, go to church, check. Where are we going to eat, y'all? It happens to us. 
It happens every time people come together. It happens every time the Lord speaks. Some people receive, some people reject, and some people don't even pay attention. Jesus makes up the difference. You know, people have a real, real hard time rightly judging themselves because they don't put the equation of Jesus in the mix. When Jesus is in the mix, it changes everything. It makes everything worthwhile. In Romans chapter 3, verse 20, the Bible teaches us, therefore, no one, how many people? No one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law, by keeping a certain law, Ten Commandments, or even by doing good or being good. He said no one is in God's sight righteous. The, even the prophet Isaiah says that our righteous acts without the grace of God is like filthy rags, useless Actually, they're, they're just a stench in God's, God's nostrils. They just, he looks at it and says, man, are you trying to be as righteous as I am? Rather, through the law, we become conscious of our sin. That's what the law is all about. The Ten Commandments are all about letting you know that you can't be as good as God. You can never do all that it takes. You need a Savior. There's no other way. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. The righteousness, this righteousness, is given through faith in Jesus Christ. How, how do you get this righteousness? By faith in Jesus Christ. No other way. Simply by faith in Jesus Christ. To all who do what? Who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile. It's whoever. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what you think. If you'll come to Jesus, a change takes place. A transformation takes place. It's a miracle. Just watched on television before we came to church today. They asked the question, how many people in America believe in miracles? 80% of Americans that were polled believe in miracles. And I can tell you what the greatest miracle is. The greatest miracle is when an individual surrenders their life to Jesus Christ and he changes their heart from the inside out. That is the greatest miracle that will ever take place. I'm sold on the miracle there. It's great. The forgiven criminal. You've got to see this guy. He's nailed to the cross. He's condemned. He deserves it. And he can do no good works. For those that think you can do good works, he can do no good works. Why? Because he couldn't walk straight and narrow because his feet were bound. And you know what? He couldn't perform good works because his hands were tied. And he couldn't run. <laughs> he couldn't turn over a new leaf because he was nailed on a cross. He couldn't get down and serve anybody and do anything because he was condemned. The only way he came off the cross was a dead man. Not one person who ever went up on a Roman cross ever came down alive, not even Jesus. Good people don't go to heaven. Forgiven people go to heaven. It is the, it is the, 
It's the way that God has structured it. It's not my plan. It's not your plan. It's his plan. It's a good plan. It's a foolproof plan. It works every time somebody opens their heart up completely to them. Doesn't matter who you are, where you've been. I want to say that to some of you because you're sitting here right now and just the atmosphere in the room has you to a place where you are condemning yourself. But I want to tell you that if you'll come to Jesus, an amazing thing takes place and there is no condemnation. There is none. There's no condemnation for those who come into Christ Jesus. He's risen. Jesus was taken off of that cross dead. He was placed in a borrowed tomb. He laid there, his body cold and lifeless. And on the third day, the power of God entered that tomb, entered that body, and he was raised from the dead in glorious light full of power, full of majesty, with complete victory for all of eternity. Doesn't have to do it again. There'll never be another manger. There'll never be another uh, star in the sky over Bethlehem. There'll never be, no, no more wise men, no more need for any of that. There'll never be another cross. There'll never be another tomb. Jesus is risen once and for all, and is seated on high in a heavenly place. Come on now. First Peter chapter one, verse three. Praise be to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Bottom line is, you're one of two thieves on one of two crosses. Though the repentant thief was hanging on the cross with spikes through his hands and through his feet, though he was fighting for every breath, even though his life was slipping away, he saw something the other thief missed. When he looked at Jesus, something in his heart changed. We don't know when it was or what caused it. Maybe it was the way Jesus endured the senseless beating and the torture without ever striking back. It could have been when Jesus looked up towards heaven and said, Father, forgive them because they don't even know what they're doing. It could have been when the sun and sky went dark at noon. It could have been a simple look as Jesus glanced his way and he saw his unconditional love. Or it could have been that the criminal had heard the stories that Jesus actually loved and befriended sinners. Though we'll never know what it was, we do know that he experienced the love of God through Jesus Christ. When he could do nothing to make things right, with faith, he said to Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus looked at the dying criminal and said, 
Today, you will be with me in paradise. our heads together if you don't mind for just a moment. I know in this room right now there are followers of Christ, believers, Christians, and I believe that some of you Christians in here, you're suffering underneath a load of guilt. Some I know they can't shake the shame. There's just this weight upon you, and I want to pray for you right now because that's not what God intended. Jesus teaches us that there's no judgment, there's no condemnation for those who are in him, those who have submitted their hearts and lives to him as Lord and Savior. So if you're a Christian and you're in this room right now, would you receive this and believe him afresh and anew? Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that you're the changer of every life. Father, I thank you that you support your people that you died for sinners, which we are the greatest. And that, Lord God, you give grace that is always sufficient and abundant. Would you teach us, Lord, to be obedient to you, to follow in your ways, to submit our hearts to you as believers, that when shame comes, it'll be deflected by faith. When guilt comes, it'll be deflected by knowing that we've been forgiven. We thank you for the blood of Jesus that has cleansed us from our sins. And we thank you for the cross of Calvary that makes us new every day. Thank you for that, Father. Now, if you're in this room right now and after today you realize that you may be a bad person or you may realize that you're a good person, but now you know that It's impossible to make it to heaven, to be with Jesus forever and ever, unless you're forgiven. You're underneath a heavy burden of sin, and I know what that's like because I was there. And I'm going to tell you something right now. When Jesus forgives, he takes that weight of sin off of your life. Your eyes are open. Things are clear. You understand for once and for all what life is really about. Jesus died for you. Which criminal are you going to be today? Are you going to be the one that says, Jesus, get us out off of this cross and then turn and forget what was happening? Or are you going to be the criminal who says, Jesus, remember me? I think every individual wants to be remembered by God. And today, your opportunity is here. You're sitting in this room this very moment and you say, Pastor Van, I'm a mess. I don't really know God. I need to know him though. I'm going to give you opportunity right now while every head is bowed and every eye is closed that you'll simply just raise your hand up because I'm going to pray for you right where you are. No, we're not going to make you come up to the front or anything like that. There's a hand there. Thank you so much. Come on, just raise it up there. There, yes, right here. Yes, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you over here. Thank you, thank you. Yes, come on, thank you. Just keep them, keep them. Come on, raise it up, raise it up. Say yes, thank you, come on. You just uh, thank you, sir. I see that hand over there. Thank you. Come on, there's no place now for you know pride or anything. We're hanging on the cross. 
Life is short. You're looking at Jesus right in those beautiful eyes of forgiveness. And you realize for once in your life that he loves you. He cares about you. And he wants to rescue you. Thank you, sir. Over here to my left. Thank you. Anybody else, if you haven't raised your hand, just shoot it up. If you haven't raised it up yet, say, Pastor, me. Thank you here. Right on the front. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, Jesus. What a, what a wonderful thing to identify with Christ. What a wonderful way to, to end things is that Jesus is looking at you and saying, today you will be with me in paradise. And I'm going to share with you who just raised your hand. If you'll open your heart up and believe in faith right now, you'll take on the righteousness of God. And if you are a four, I tell you what, God will add 96 and you'll be a 100. Come on right now. One more time, I'm going to ask one more time. There's somebody, just shoot your hand up. Come on. You've been, you've been sitting there. You've been wondering, what oh, I got to do it. There you go. 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 Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Right here, right now, you who raised your hands, just right there in your own heart, maybe just whispering to yourself, I want you to receive Jesus right now. I'm going to help you pray. Just say these words. Say, Father in heaven, I ask you to forgive me of my sin. I repent of my sin. I turn to you for eternal life. I ask you to come live inside of me. Make me a whole person. And remember me today, Lord Jesus. I'm now yours. And you are mine. And I thank you for forgiving me today. Amen. And amen and amen. Come on, Easter crowd. Let's just thank the Lord for those that just prayed. Isn't it great? Thank you for coming. Had a so good time being with you today. Come on, Pastor Casey. Come on. The decision to follow Christ is just the beginning of your relationship with God. So we'd love to help you with your next steps. If you'll go to northwood.tv connect and fill out the information, our lead pastor, Van DeCody, wants to send you a letter that tells you some steps to take in order to maintain your new relationship with God. We'll also give you some information about Northwood Church. We are one church in multiple locations. We have a campus in Gulfport, Wiggins, and Long Beach. If you live in one of those areas, we'd love to see you at one of our services. You can visit our website, northwood.tv locations, for service times and directions. If you'd like to give to this ministry, you can do that online as well. Just go to northwood.tv give. You can give a one-time donation, or you can sign up for our online community called MyNC and set up a recurring gift. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you next time.